Well, let's turn in our Bibles to two passages today. Isaiah chapter 12 and Zephaniah chapter 3. I gave you some extra time because it's not easy finding Zephaniah. But we also have an app called Version, where you can search under live events and you can find our church there. Scriptures are preloaded, points are preloaded, and of course, our outline is going to be on the review. So we are in the, the middle of the Advent season. Our church is kind of discovering the church calendar of Advent. And Advent means the coming. And so it's a time of preparation. Technically, the Christmas season is supposed to start on Christmas Eve and then end January 6th on Epiphany. So Christians all over the world are celebrating this third Sunday of Advent, uh, the subject of joy. And typically, the first, second, and fourth weeks of Advent, purple is the color. We haven't really focused on color. And then the third week, pink is supposed to be the color representing joy. And that's really kind of odd this weekend because our president has rightfully called us as a people to have a time of mourning. And you'll notice flags are flying half mass and acknowledging this just unspeakable tragedy that we've already referenced twice on, on this Sunday. You know, so in the natural, I'm thinking, wow, this is bad timing to preach on joy uh, on a weekend of mourning, but I don't think so. I know the Holy Spirit wants to mark you today on the subject of joy because the timing of this is a reminder that joy isn't about circumstances. And joy isn't, you know, about a temporary condition. Joy is about a particular God and a particular way of life. So we're consciously, collectively aware of this tragedy and we're mourning for different reasons and still kind of processing. But, but I, I thought about this and th- this is a historical event that will all mark our lives, but really every day in this country, there's a major tragedy for somebody. Somebody's life is being shaken. Someone's world is falling apart. Statistics bear that out. But beyond that, I think about this congregation. I think about your lives. Knowing that every single Sunday, I know this personally, somebody comes in this room that's going through a personal tragedy. One of the aspects of, of my call, and I'm not saying this for sympathy, I'm trying to make a point because I embrace my call, love my call, but one of the realities, one of the things you don't understand until you, you've been in a, in a pastoral role is that almost every day, certainly every week, but, but I would say most days of the week, I encounter a very difficult story and encounter somebody who's going through their personal tragedy that whose life is shaken up and shook up. And that's part of walking with a group of people. And it's a, it's a delight to do that. But I've had to, I've had to learn that if my joy comes from um, circumstances that every day I have a reason to lose my joy. Every single day I do. Not, not to count personal realities because there's, you know, my life's like yours. 
Beth and I deal with the same stuff with our family, extended family, our kids, our finances, what, you know, all that kind of stuff. We all deal with the same kind of issues that you do, but then there's that burden of being aware. Some of you are in, in fields, those of you in the medical field, those of you maybe who are teachers or working with students, you understand some of this too. So the, the, the point I'm making here is the people you worship with every week around you are going through their own personal tragedies. It just, it just is the case. It's the fact. So what are we here to offer? Am I here and, and our team of pastors and our worship team here to offer you a psychological boost? Are, are we here just to offer you a pick-me-up to get you through the next week? Are we even here to offer you a bunch of promises about this life? Like if, if this life is going to get better and it's, you, you, you do this and it, it's a promise that things will get better. I, I wish it would, was, would always work that way. It doesn't always work that way. So, so what are we offering? What are we proclaiming? What, why are we gathered here this morning? Well, we're gathered here. Because we are aware, and you're here because you're aware, that there is a greater promise, and there is a greater day, and there is a greater way of life, and there is a better way of life, and it doesn't come through the progress of man, it doesn't come through the innovation of man, it doesn't come from just picking yourself up by your own bootstraps and reaching down inside of yourself and and creating a new reality. No, it comes through a very particular God who has revealed himself in a very specific way and it is what we proclaim. We don't proclaim uh, just the reality of today, we proclaim the reality of a better day. There's a better day that's coming. And that's the power of Advent, the power of the Christmas season. The word Advent, I remind you once again, means coming. And we're here to declare that Christ has come. The Messiah has come. God has come in the flesh. And he came in a very specific way through the virgin birth of Mary in Bethlehem and revealed himself as God and went through the human processes by choice. And had a three-year ministry. And he submitted his life. And he rose again from the dead. And he started a new reality. And he started a new covenant. We're here to proclaim that. But we're also here to proclaim that he is coming again. He is coming back to this earth. And he is coming back with an even fresher covenant. Something new. And that is our hope. That is what we believe. And that is where our joy comes from. So today is an appropriate day for joy. This is a day to realize that through Christ, we have joy. We have joy that's not based on cultural realities. It's not based on our our personal standing. It's based off who we are in him. We have great joy. And I wanna share some scriptures with you today that I believe are gonna impact your life. The scriptures that are going to impress upon you the ways of God. It's gonna be something you can think about through this week. And let's start in, our key verse today is Isaiah chapter 12, starting with verse two. Isaiah chapter 12, starting with verse two. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song 
and he has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. I I want you to notice this phrase, and you will say in that day. This, this, This has two meanings here. It's talking about the first advent of the Messiah, the revealing of the Messiah in Jesus. Because when Jesus came, it became a new day and a new way. But it's also simultaneously declaring the full appearing of him. So it's a coming that we've already seen and a coming that we haven't yet seen working together. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, proclaim that his name is exalted. Verse five, sing praises to the Lord for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. That's the message of Christmas. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. God is with us. Emmanuel, he's here. God is present. The story of Christmas, the story of Jesus, the advent is that he came and he dwelt among us and that dwelling has continued and he is among us right now. He is here. He is here. So how do you have joy? How do you have joy in a world that's dark? How do you have joy in a world that it seems that sin is increasing? How do you have joy in a society that, uh, that seems to be getting more confused? And it's a society that, that in the natural seems to be degrading more and more. How do you do that? I'm going to give you some suggestions here. The first one, I'm coming straight from the scripture, is trust instead of fear. Trust instead of fear. And you have lots and lots of reasons to fear. I mean, there's lots of reasons to be afraid. And every single human being feels the emotions of fear. Every person in this room feels the emotion of fear. Fear creeps up on you. Fear comes and you, when you least suspect it, it grasps your heart. And fear in itself is not wrong. It's a natural human emotion. The key is God doesn't want us to dwell in fear. God has something that's an alternative to fear. And one of those alternatives is trust. Certainly courage is, but it takes trust to have courage. And we have to trust in who God said he is and trust that God's going to do what he said he would do and trust that God's character is unchanging even when nothing around us is stable. We simply have to trust God. That's why we go back to our key verse in the beginning of Isaiah 12 too, says it this way and we'll look at it again. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. The fact that you trust means you won't be afraid. The fact that you can trust God means that there's not fear. Let's go to now to Zephaniah chapter three. I've given you a good 10 minutes to find Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter three, starting with verse 14. And this is a companion verse. It reinforces what Isaiah 12 says. It works in concert and it brings out what the spirit wants to say today. It says it this way, sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughters of Jerusalem. 
the Lord has taken away the judgments against you. Now, how many can say that because of the forgiveness and mercy of God, stuff you should have been judged at, God's taken away that judgment. I've got my hands up. Is that not a good thing? I tell you, if God treated me like my sins deserved, I would be doomed. But the Lord has taken away the judgment against you. And reading on, it says, he has cleared away your enemies. The king of Israel, the Lord, here's that theme again, is in your midst. The advent, the coming. The, the, The idea of Emmanuel, the people said, the Lord is near. He's our Emmanuel. God is near. So, the king of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. Now look at this part. You shall never again fear evil. Because you trust. Moving along the narrative. On that day, remember that in, in chapter 12, Isaiah 12. On that day, the day that Jesus incarnation happens. And then the day we're still looking forward when Jesus establishes kingdom and rule. On that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, fear not, O Zion. Let not your hand grow weak. The Lord, your God, is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. There's the theme, the same themes, both in Isaiah 12 and Zephaniah 3. God is with us. God is among us. God is right here. This this is what I want you to hear today. God is here. God is with us. We have gathered in this room today because God's here. God's with us. And when we gather in his name, he's here. And we become aware that he's here. But God's not just in this building. God's gonna be in the car that you get in in about 20 minutes. And God's in your office cubicle. And God's in your apartment. And God's in your room. And God's at the locker in your school. That's the story of the advent. That's the story of the coming. That is a story of why we can have joy in a world that's messed up. In a world where unimaginable things that we never could have dreamed, as, as, as warped as our imagination can get sometimes, sometimes things happen where we're like, how in the world could something like that happen? Because the world is dark and the world is evil. But how do we have joy? Because we trust. We trust instead of fear. We trust that the same Jesus who came once and promised he's going to come again is going to come to right the wrongs, to bring peace where there's war, to bring justice where there's injustice, to come and to bring light where there's darkness, to show that there is a better way, that man messes things up, but our God is in control and he is sovereign and he is powerful and he rules in righteousness and he rules in holiness and he rules in justice and his ways will prevail. So even on our darkest day, when we mourn the most, even when our hearts are more heavy than our words can express, we will not succumb to the emotion of fear because we trust in a God who is stable and is unchanging and is reliable and he's never going to let us down. Even when the circumstances look bad and the circumstances often do look bad, immediately you begin to to think of a circumstance in your life where things aren't just turning out the way you thought they would. And that's probably what I would think too. That's our natural instinct. But, but look at a bigger picture. Because in the big story, the story that of, of God redeeming the earth, the story's not going sometimes the way we think it should. Sometimes darkness seems greater than light in the natural. 
Sometimes sin seems like it's increasing. Sometimes it seems like people are less interested in church than they've ever been before. It seems like younger people are less interested in God than they've ever been before. It feels like that uh, moral values that once were so strong, the moral fabric of our culture, which was so strong, has now begun to rip to a point where it cannot be repaired. And the darkness seems great, but we have to trust. We have to trust that even though sometimes the story isn't going as we wish, that in the end, God has promised that because he came once, he's going to come again. Because the advent happened in Bethlehem, the advent's going to happen again when he comes and he splits the eastern sky and he appears again and he shows this world what it's like to have God rule and reign instead of man. That is our hope. That's why we can have joy today. We can have joy on the darkest day. We can have joy on the hardest day. We can have joy when the circumstances are uh, the least desirable. We can have joy because God does not change despite the circumstances. But you got to trust. See, if you don't trust, life becomes impossible. Because there's always a reason to live in fear. There's always a reason to live in fear instead of live in trust. Some of you right now are trying to mend a relationship in your life. You're trying to rebuild a relationship. You're trying to rebuild something. And you have every reason to fear that the same thing could happen again. I'm going to tell you that unless you trust, life's impossible. You have to trust and choose to trust over fear. Even though there's risk, you've got to choose to trust again. Some of you need some financial provision. And you don't know where the next sale is going to come if you're in sales. You don't know where the next bit of income, how it's going to come in. You don't know how you're going to provide for your kids And it's easy to get afraid. It's easy to get afraid. Especially when you start looking to the future and you think, how in the world am I ever going to retire? How am I ever going to send these kids to school? Fear, fear, fear. Trust instead of fear. Yeah, we have to make wise decisions. I'm not discounting that. But I'm saying trust instead of fear. Trust God's character. Some of us would get kids to send to school tomorrow. We got kids to put on buses and we got kids to drop off in schools. And we know from this terrible incident Friday that even a school that took, it appears to be a lot of the right precautionary steps. Even then when evil asserts itself, we have to trust. We have to trust. Doesn't mean we don't make prudent decisions and wise decisions, but in the end, you've got to trust or life becomes impossible. And we have to trust that despite evil winning a battle because the battle I'm referring to, I can't see any good that can come from that. That's just a pure act of evil and Satan inserting his foot and causing disruption to, uh, to, to little lives and to families. So, so there's no way that I can circle that back around and, and reconcile all that in my head today. But I do know this is I know that I've got kids I got three kids that are in public schools and I'm going to send them to school tomorrow and I'm going to trust that God's going to protect them. I'm going to trust that God's going to be with our teachers. God's going to be with our principals because our God is faithful. And if we operate out of fear, then darkness wins. If we operate out of fear, then sin wins. If we operate out of fear, then it cripples us and we don't live fully the life God wants us to live. And so we choose to trust instead of fear. We choose to trust instead of fear. And when we do that, that's when we have a life of joy. We have a life of joy. Here's here's a second observation I want to make from these two scriptures today. We trust instead of fear, but we find strength 
from my song. It's a little bit, a little bit of a different, a different change of, of presentation here, but I think the scripture is clear about this. Strength from my song. Strength from my song. Whenever you meet somebody and you begin to try to get to know someone, you, you ask them kind of this basic level of questioning. For those, several of you all probably asked this to you after service today at the glass doors. If I get to meet you, I'll ask, uh, do you live around here? If not, how long have you lived around here? Um, tell me about your family. Tell me about, about your extended family. And we ask these basic level questions. And somewhere past that phase one questioning, maybe at the end of phase one, the beginning of phase two, there's a question that at least people my age and younger ask a lot. And the question is this, what type of music do you listen to? And everybody has the same answer. Everybody says, oh man, all kinds of music, man. I just, I'm so well-rounded that uh, I can't be limited to one genre. And so we all say that, we all, we all act like we're these well-rounded people that listen to every type of music there is, but then you, you get those follow-up questions and try to figure out what do they really listen to? Is it, you know, Celine Dion or Mumford and Sons? And that kind of starts you down a path to figure out what they like. So it's a revealer. It kind of lets us know about culture. And here's a reason why. Is a song, a song is the language of the heart. That's the language of our heart is a song. That's why most of the world is bilingual or trilingual except for Americans. And uh, you can find out what the language of the heart is by what language the people sing out of. And they sing from the language of the heart because there's a strong association between music and the heart. So we can identify even among uh, nationalities. There's, there's Mexican music and Irish music and American music, and, and there's a certain sound that bonds people and cultures. And working with students, as I've done for many years, I, I can know that, that, that generally teenage subcultures or college-age subcultures they bond around a the sound. They bond around the music. Here at our church, we're the same way. We have a certain sound. We have a certain style. We, we use multiple worship leaders, but they all kind of do the same songs, the same kind of songs. And there's probably 50 to 70 songs that we pick from because that's our sound and that's who we are. That helps define our heart. So that's just a principle in life that there is music's the language of the heart. And music's the sound of the heart. That's why it's very important that you watch your song. You watch your song. Because strength comes from your song. Let's go back to Isaiah 12 too. The beginning, and this is our narrative. It says, behold, God's my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. That was our first point. Remember that? Trust instead of fear. Now look, look at this next part. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. The Lord God's my strength. And my song, strength from my song, the language of the heart, the song that's in your heart is a reflection, reflection of where your heart is. So it is that our heart matches our mood many times. And there's times we want sentimental music or we want brooding and dark music or sometimes we want lighthearted and fun music. But our song's a reflection of our heart. Now, going back to Zephaniah chapter three and looking at, looking at that scripture again, and let's look at 
the, the last part, I believe it's verse 15 and 16. This, this point is re- reinforced. <clears throat> let's go to verse 17. Let's do that. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Now here's just a beautiful, beautiful word picture. See, when we gather, the reason we have music is not to waste 20 minutes until we get to the word and to to wait for everyone to get in their seats. No, we have music because that's the language of our heart and the Lord is in our midst. And we sing about that. We sing the language of our heart. We sing to the Lord and he's present among us. He's right here. He's right here with us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how talented a musician you are. It's a song that's in your heart. On Wednesday after after our, our open house, I met with the four pastors we have at the church right now. And before we started meeting, we put on some music online, some worship music. I want to tell you, the, the four of us, we sang bad. I mean, there were all types of keys going on in there. I didn't know what was going on. But it was beautiful because these were men who, who were singing from right here, the language of the heart. So we do that. God's here. And so we do that. We sing that song. We find strength from our song. There's strength from the song that's in our heart. And then God mirrors that back to us. And you see this in the scripture. The Lord God is here. He's in our midst. A mighty one who will save. He'll rejoice over us with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with singing. God's singing over you. Why is he singing over you? Because it's the language of his heart. It's the love language of his heart. He's singing over you because when we're together and we're in the presence of God, his heart is for you. He's singing a love song over you. There is strength from our song. There's strength from our song. Where do we find joy? We find joy from the strength in our song. That's why I want to encourage you to use this Christmas season as, as a way to let the great anthems of Christmas and the great songs build your faith, make you aware that God is present. He's right here with us. Whether it be in a shopping mall or a church service or one of the, the, the radio stations that are playing Christmas music over and over and over again, different times when you can absorb the power in those lyrics. Even if some of them, you have to go to dictionary.com and figure out what some of those words mean. Take some time to do that because the richness of the lyrics say, God's here. God's right here. And I'm going to find strength from my song. I'm going to find strength from the song. He's changing my song. So he's changing my heart. He's changing my song. So uh, sometimes we have to change our song to change our heart. This is not a legalistic directive. This is a tool. This is a tool. We're blessed to have some great Christian radio stations. We're great to have some great online services where you can go and you can choose some songs that can make your heart come alive. Let the song of the Lord, you find joy from that. You find joy because your heart, your heart, the the song of your heart changes and it changes everything. All right, here's the last thing, last thing that I want you to see. Let's go back to Isaiah 12, verse two. 
Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust. I will not be afraid. For God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Now let's go down to verse three, three and four, because I want you to see this. Verse three, Isaiah 12, three. With joy, you will draw water from the well of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Here's the last thing I want us to observe today is how do you, how do, how do you find joy in this dark world? Is here's the third thing, joy from your salvation. Joy from my salvation. Trust instead of fear. Strength from my song. And joy from my salvation. That's where we draw joy. Let's put back up verse, verse three of Isaiah chapter 12. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. I wanna tell you that we're trying to draw well, excuse me, we're trying to draw joy from the wrong wells. We are. We're trying to draw joy. I want Andrew and Hannah to make their way up here. We wanna, we're trying to draw joy from the wrong wells. And what happens is when we try to, when we try to draw joy from a well that is exhaustible, eventually we're going to run out of joy. So if you're trying to find all your joy from a relationship, whether it be a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse, a child, whatever it is, and you're like, I have to be with that person. And if I'm not with that person, I won't be happy. A lot of times that feels good to us. We, 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 um, we, we declare codependency on ourselves, And some of it is from some of the goofy music that we do listen to that says, you know, I can't live without you and life without you isn't worth living. And I don't even know if that's a song, but we could write a song like that. But you're with me. There's a hundred different definition. So, you know, how can I live without you? Okay, I know that's 1998, but I was trying to bring something more current. But you know it, you can come up with your song. And so, so we, we get this narrative from culture. And so we look at that relationship and we're like, we, we, we start trying to draw joy from that relationship, but the well runs dry. So we, we think financial security, and I know even though men, we're like the hunter-gatherers and we're the ones that work and all that, uh, a lot of times ladies have more problem with the security issue when it comes to money. You know, guys, we're like, hey, I'm gonna quit that job and go do something else. And ladies are like, no, we need money. I've got to feed the kids. And, and, and they go to this well. I'm not suggesting you quit your job. I'm just, I'm just giving an observation we go to the well of our checking account and we feel if we just have a lot of money in our checking account and a lot of money in our savings, that's where our joy comes from. But when tough times come financially, that well can run dry. So we, we go to maybe the well of the holiday. A lot of times we, we go from holiday to holiday and we think, whew, if I can just get to Christmas and we're going to have a great Christmas this year. We're, we're going to do whatever it takes to have a great Christmas. And about five o'clock on December 25th, the well runs dry because Christmas is over and that cloud of depression comes over us because we've been trying, trying to draw joy from the well of sentimentality and the well of cultural expectations. So job significance, whatever, what's your well? What are you trying to draw joy from? Because if it's anything but the well of salvation, it's gonna come up empty. See, there is 
a deep, deep well of salvation. With joy, draw water from the well of salvation. And when you draw water from that well of salvation, you're never going to have an empty bucket. You're never going to hit bottom. You're never going to to come to an exhaustible source. There's an inexhaustible source. And that's the presence of God. And the great thing about his wells is the deeper you go, the sweeter the water is. And the deeper you go, the more refreshing the water is. And the deeper you go, uh, the more you find that there's not a limit and there's not a bottom. Because our God, his power is inexhaustible. Our God, he is not limited. Our God is faithful. Our God is reliable. So where do you find joy in this messed up world? Where do you find joy when every day you can go on Facebook and see another horrific story? Every day you can turn on the news And you can hear something negative, something that is fear-driven. Where do you find joy? You see, if, you know, I watch the news. I watch those cable news shows and, and I have subscriptions to magazines and I'm the only one I know under the age of 60 who actually records the news every day and watches it before I go to bed because I'm a nerd that way. But I know this. If I keep drawing from that well, all I'm going to get is fear. All I'm going to get is is the manipulation of the prognosticators who are shoving their opinions down our throat. They're selling fear. They're selling uncertainty. And I know some of the things they say are laced with truth. And we're not to be ignorant. We're not to, to, uh, to just go about life without any prudence or any wisdom. But there's a time where we got to say, I'm going to close that well down. That's not my source. That's not my strength. I'm not looking to politics. I'm not looking to the government. I'm not looking even to religious leaders. I'm going to the well of my salvation because I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was once without a family, but now I'm adopted in. I was once in darkness and now a great light has come. I was once destined for the eternity without God. Now my name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. I was once bound by sin and I was a slave to sin, but now the chains have fallen off and I'm free. I'm free to live for God. I I was once in unforgiveness, but now I'm walking in forgiveness because I'm able to love because he loved first. He loved me first. And so I open up the well of his goodness and I open up the well of his faithfulness. I open up the well of his word and I open up the well of his character and I keep drawing out the good things for God. And now that is where there's joy. There is joy that's unspeakable and it's full of glory. It's not temporary. It doesn't change. It doesn't corrupt. It doesn't run out. We keep digging and we keep going and we keep digging down and and drinking from the good things of God and it gets sweeter and better with every step. Would you stand with me? I thank God for the scripture today. With joy, you will draw waters from the wells of salvation and you will say in that day, this, remember that phrase? We looked at that in Isaiah chapter 12. Uh, I mean, excuse me, in Zephaniah chapter 3 also. In that day, it's the day we're in right now. It's the day of the Holy Spirit's manifestation where the Holy Spirit's not just in one place. He's not just in the isolation of the Holy of Holies. The Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit's on you. The Holy Spirit's upon you. The Holy Spirit's here in this room on that day. It's a day we live in now. And it's a day that's going to come and be revealed in the future. It's a day simultaneously, the day we live in now, and the day that will happen once again when Jesus said, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back the same way I departed. And in that day, you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. 
Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Proclaim that his name is exalted. That's what Advent's about. That's what Christmas is about. It's the coming of the Lord. Because he came once, he's coming again. But because he came once, he's here now, and he's going to come again. And he is going to come to bring us a better way, a better day, and he's going to rule and reign. And because of that, we can have joy. Now, if you agree with that, I've been yelling at you a long time. Can you yell back to say amen? All right, I know you're with me now. Christ is the answer. Christ is the only way. And his presence and his gift is the joy we have. I want us to sing with Hannah, sing with Andrew. And I want us to declare with our mouth, we're going to dig down deep into the well of salvation where God's joy is. Let's lift up Jesus. Let's exalt him. And I pray that there will be a release of joy.